<clears throat> what I, th- I think is beautiful whenever we open God's word is there are so many aspects and so many parts of scripture that can stand out to you at different parts of your life. And I think that's what's so beautiful is today, the theme of the morning is studying scripture. And that's a very large uh, statement, even though it may sound simple. I don't want us to get lost in the detail, but I do want to inspire and challenge a each one of us, how important scripture study really is. And I could give you different ways to study and different um, templates to follow and different uh, things to consider. But I think today, um, my hope is to briefly touch on a few of those, but then to help us get lost in the story of the Good Shepherd and what it means to be a sheep under his care. And so when we open God's word, it's important that we pray for uh, prepared hearts. And as Russ prayed for us as we entered into a time of worshipful singing, I want to pray that our eyes would be opened and uh, illumined to God's word this morning. So let's pray together. Jesus, we, are, we love you, and we pause knowing that you have given us the breath in our lungs, the ability to sing and to listen to your words, and as we consider what it means to study, what it means to obey, would you encourage us and prompt us to a new, deeper level in our worship and in our study of your word today. I pray that my words and even the songs that we've sang and the story from the announcement time, those different reminders that we are better together would ring true and that we would be inspired by this community gathering online, gathering in person. And it's good to be in fellowship. We love you, Jesus, and we ask your continued blessing on this morning. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Before I get into my first story reflection, I wanted to pause as as important as it is when we say how important studying Scripture is. I want us to consider today how good it is to read and to reread and to even read again certain passages of Scripture. And perhaps when you read something, I hope that you have a device or even a printed copy of different translations. It truly is helpful to read different takes on God's Word. I would encourage you to get a a translation that can go deeper word for word and thought for thought that holds true to the original Greek and Hebrew of God's word. But I'd also encourage you to get one that flows how, how your mind participates with scripture so that it flows and as you read, you, you can see the story played out. There's beauty in studying individual words 
There's beauty in studying the context. There's beauty in studying the, the entire original wording of every scripture. So I want to inspire you that those studies are good and worthwhile. And you can always go deeper and more into God's word. I personally choose to use the New Living Translation when I speak from up here because I, I sense that it has the easiest um, word for word or thought for thought for our context. But there are other translations that bless me immensely. And I, I don't say this all the time because I think a lot of debates happen when you get into translation. And I'd rather that people just fall in love with Jesus. But there are some beautiful ones. Some that I study with would be the English Standard Version. I also grew up on the New American Standard Bible. There are some really great ones out there. Uh, I appreciate the NIV, the New, New International Version. There are many. So don't get me wrong, the list goes on. But I want us to fall in love with God's word. So would you commit to falling in love with God's word? An experience that I did this last year was a, an app that you can download. It's free. It's called the Daily Audio Bible. And I wanted to participate with God's word in this way. The, the beautiful thing is over the course of a year, it, it goes over the entire scriptures the one thing I really appreciated is that every week it switches translations so that you get a taste for a lot of different translations. Some I was not so fond of and others I had to pause and say, what was that? It was really hard for me to, to keep up and others flowed real smooth. But daily audio Bible is something I would encourage you. If you want to be in God's word daily, consistently going through the stories from beginning to end. And I also wanted to highlight that there are some wonderful Bibles that have study notes at the bottom. They have commentaries, different theologians that are commenting their thoughts and they're trying to pull into context the story. Typically, not the, not the Bible that I'm holding up here today, but typically it's in the bottom half of your Bible. There's some great thoughts there and great further study. Um, the bottom half, those study notes, those are man's. The top half, that's God's words. So give validity and truth to the top, uh, but there's some good interpretations at the bottom. All right, now that that little lesson is done, I wanted to just remind us why we're here. It's good to study God's word, but sometimes if I'm not careful, I don't explain those things and people say, well, I don't know how to study it. I don't know what to do. If you have more questions, I'd be delighted to open God's word with you and participate that way. As I begin today, I, I've been considering things that strike up a memory, and I am sure there are things in your life that would cause you to uh, just have a, a great memory of your life, and it would be something simple. And as I was writing down different things, I wrote down something really silly, and I haven't written this in, I know it's not that long, but probably, let's see. Got to do the math real quick. It'd be 23 years since I've written this down. And it was a really strange moment. I wrote down 217-488-6304. And it just flowed right off of my pen. And it was really strange because that was my first childhood telephone number. Now, why in the world do we know those things? 
There are certain number patterns that I'm sure if I started with a, a certain phrase or a certain number, you would associate, oh, I have something similar. We are, we're told to memorize different things. Maybe it's your childhood address. And it's information that you've, you've stored away. I can't ever use that phone number again. I encourage you not to call it because I don't know who it would be now if it is even an active phone number. But that was my little house. And I even got on Google Maps. Has anybody just done this? Where you, you go down whatever road and you find your old house or you find something. And it's, it's so funny. I remember... The first time I did this, uh, it was actually kind of eerie. I visited my brother when he lived in Arkansas. I saw him one time over the course of, he lived there for like eight years. I was only there twice, okay? So this is a really rare moment. But I opened up Google Maps about two years after I visited him. And when I went by his house, my car was there. And I just thought, what? what? <laughs> it was one of those eerie moments that you just think, they're watching. I know they're watching. But it was strange. But perhaps you've gone by an old house. And, you know, my childhood house, it was an underground house in New Berlin, Illinois. And it was on this really small road. It was a gravel road. But you remember things different from your childhood perspective. And I remember as I went by on the Google map, I saw these trees that were monstrous trees as a child. And I was like, those weren't the trees I remember. But my, my perspective changed. This was the last time I saw them. I, I didn't hit my growth spurt until after we, grew, we moved. So this whole landscape was, was different. And isn't it fascinating with these memories that we have? I mean, if I was to test this theory out with you, you probably have bits of information that you don't even want to have stored in your brain, but they are there. Like if I were to start something, would you finish it? There's no use crying over spilled milk. But it, the milk is pricey, right? Anyway, maybe we should cry about it. But what about um, money can't buy happiness? What about um, when life gives you lemons? Make lemonade. Now, if I were to ask you, you probably have some numbers that are memorized too. I'm not going to ask for your social security number. But you have different numbers. But when you say a 10-digit number, we pause. Why do we pause? Because that's how we learned it. We learned the 217, and then we learned the 488, and then we learned the six. Three zero four. You you memorize it in that pattern three three and four. But when you do the social security number, you 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 have the pattern and you can hear the pause and it's almost as though we're conditioned to learn these things. So as we open God's Word, I want to instill in us the appropriateness and the the beauty of allowing the repetition and the reading of God's Word to be as natural as those phrases. That's my hope, that as we understand and read God's word, it's on the tip of your tongue. It's almost as though you know the key characters. You know the, the right answers to the story. You, you understand different aspects of the story, and you are excited because you've been spending time in God's word. I want you to consider, as if, what if this text came to you? It popped up and it was, it said, I've been thinking about you. 
We haven't spent much time together lately. Let's catch up tomorrow night. Now, depending on the really important thing that is, this is not sharing is who's this from, right? Now, depending on who this is from, this may be a really big deal or it might be a spam. What if I was to tell you that this is a message from God and it came across on your phone? Would that sting a little bit? That he's been thinking about you? You haven't spent any time together lately? And he wants to catch up with you tomorrow night? What if I said that this was a boyfriend or a girlfriend and you had been contemplating, how am I going to interact with them? And when am I going to see them next? I, I just can't wait to, to meet up with them. And then they send this message, and it's, oh, wow. So there's anticipation that begins to build. What if this is your child? Or what if this is your parent that sends this message to you? So the context is extremely important because it changes the whole thing. And as we begin to read and appreciate God's word, my hope is that you will begin to see that God does want a relationship with you so that you don't have to catch up, but you're constantly in relationship with him. It's not this chasing of relationship. It is relationship. When I read God's word, I've had to really recondition my brain because as a child, I read it kind of popcorn style, and that means I would just pick and choose different verses that I liked or that I had memorized, but I didn't really understand or appreciate the entire scriptures. I used to think that the Old Testament was just for old people. That was just my child thinking about it. And when somebody would say Leviticus or Exodus, and it was usually, I went to church every Sunday, so whenever I heard that that was the passage, I just, oh no, it was going to be a long one. And I had these different thoughts in my head that scripture was boring and that it was a broken story. It was just a hodgepodge of collaborated historical things, and it didn't really connect. I didn't see the, the need for all of the drama and all of the death and all of the war and all of the anger and all the rules and the regulations. It all just, it just looked confusing and, and, and messed up, like someone didn't know what they were thinking. But then I put on a different lens. I, it's almost as though I changed gears. And someone said to me, the, the entire scriptures, old to new, beginning to end, is God's love story for us. He loved us enough to create us. Then they showed me early on, our relationship was broken. And because of that brokenness, you get the entirety of the Old Testament. We walked away from relationship with God. We tried to get back to God our way. We tried to do it through sacrifice. We tried to get right with God, but it was never enough. So when the New Testament opens, it's God saying, I'm going to send a savior, a Messiah, myself, Jesus, the son of God, to restore us back into relationship that we've been longing for for generations and God is going to do all of the work 
pay the price for all mankind. And then it's simply a plea. Would you believe? And would you share this with others? That, in a nutshell, is the entirety of Scripture. So when you look at the war and the famine and the the horrible aspects and the beautiful aspects, they all are this journey and the struggle of mankind trying to get back into relationship. My hope today is that when you heard John chapter 10 from Lena, that as you heard her reading through these verses, my hope is that you heard a new aspect. Perhaps something stood out to you and I want you to know that we're going to have open worship after the sermon today. So if you have a thought come to you or something that you feel like it would be good to share, that mic up in front here will be available to you. But as she read and as I was studying this week, I want us to go back to John 10, and I'm going to read 3 through 5 as well as 14 through 16. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him. And the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them. And they followed him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. 14. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. Just as my father knows me and I know the father, so I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep, too, that are not in the sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and they will be one flock with one shepherd. Why these passages? Why would I bring these up in this study of Scripture There's some aspects here that I want you to lean into today. I want you to observe in perhaps a fresh new perspective. Shepherds know their sheep. And better yet, the sheep know the shepherd. It's a both end. Something as distinct as our voice is recognizable to the sheep. And they know that you're not the shepherd just based on your speech. There are some shepherds that will even do certain taps with their, their crook on the ground. There are some shepherds that'll just do a small little whistle and the sheep know that that's the call. They pay attention to the shepherd. But what I want us to also see is that a shepherd leads the sheep He doesn't prod and poke and push the sheep. So when the shepherd goes forward, the sheep know that it's safe. And when the shepherd takes them to an enclosed area, it's even historically accurate to see that the shepherd would lay across the doorway of the enclosed space. So the shepherd is the doorkeeper to protect the sheep. Nothing gets past the shepherd. The sheep are safe in the presence of the shepherd. They they know they are safe because they are with the shepherd. 
and they won't abandon the shepherd because that, that is the only secure voice they've ever known. So I ask you, do you know the voice of the shepherd? Do you rest in the assurance of his voice, of his commands, and his care? I want to use a, a small illustration of how we don't get it as sheep. Yes, we're sheep in this illustration, I'm myself included. When sheep get lice, it's a terrible thing. Because lice, nobody wants lice. No human wants lice, no sheep wants lice. It's miserable. But if a lice breakout happens in the sheepfold, what the shepherd has to do is dunk the sheep in a mixture to get the lice to be killed off. And this has to be a forced moment. No sheep wants to get in that bath. And if you can imagine yourself, there's probably been moments when you've been all spread out trying to resist something in your life. Sheep will bite and be ugly about it. But the shepherd knows it has to go in, so he dunks the sheep. Then he takes the sheep out. And if you're a sheep, you know the looks you give the shepherd sometimes. Seriously, what was that? Why on earth did that just happen? But they can't communicate. No sheep can say to him, okay, what was that about? There is no communication that can happen. And you can be mad at the shepherd all you want but it was for your own good. So you can be bitter at God. Now I'm taking it into human perspective. You can be bitter and angry and say, what was that for? Okay, God, you don't get it. That was not helpful. I didn't need that. I didn't need that death. I didn't need that accusation. I didn't need to lose my job. I didn't need, and the list goes on. comes back to trust. Do you trust the shepherd? You might be like, you might be saying, yeah, he's still holding me under. I feel like I'm barely breathing. My hope is that you will learn to trust that the shepherd cares deeply for the sheep and it's for your good. and maybe even to your physical death. But know that the shepherd loves you more than you can comprehend, and his love is beyond your physical limitations and restrictions and frustrations. The shepherd loves your soul, and he desperately wants you to understand that. So I don't know if you feel dunked more than other sheep, and it's easy to look around and think that somebody's got it worse or better than you. But I want us to forget that for a moment and say, Jesus, I trust you. You are the good shepherd, and I believe that you care for me. I think those are the aspects that I really want us to lean into today. 
I'm going to do something that I, I, don't, I don't have it written because I, I sense that this was enough for us today. And I think we need to spend some time in open worship, and so I want to describe that. Would you be willing today to pray some simple but really emotionally and spiritually deep prayers? Say to yourself or even out loud, Jesus, I trust you. Jesus, would you open scriptures to me in a new and a fresh way today? And I trust you, Jesus, that although I don't understand the trials I'm going through, you are worthy of my trust. Perhaps open worship is new for you. Open worship can be silent in your own seat. There'll be some words that you can follow along with. but it's between you and God. Perhaps you want to reread the story in John 10. That's great. Or anywhere else, maybe Psalm 1 from what Marilyn shared at the beginning. Take time to just pray. Or perhaps God is leading and prompting you to say something that would be for the benefit of all of us. That microphone is available. I think that's the best use of our time today. So I'm going to negate my notes because I think there's something else that God wants us to learn in these moments. So let's be open to that.